0: welcome welcome everyone to another episode of the culture effect podcast i am your host Adrena martin and today i have a special guest here with me today he is full of energy and life and i'm excited to be interviewing him, him today mr keith l brown where i'm possible um so stay tuned we'll be right back
1: what's going on to the culture effect podcast I'm here with Adrena, the A is for ambitious, the D is for determined, the R is for respected, the E is for empowered, the N is for noble, and the A is for advocate because you are an advocate for HBCUs nationally and globally. So listen, I am so honored to be here with historically black Since. That's what I'm saying, the culture effect. Keith L. Brown, on possible. and let me say, Shout out, shout out, shout out to, <laughs> hey, that's it, that's it. Hey, Savannah State. I said, what? SSU, the Savannah State University. And I want to thank HBCU Pride Nation for sending me this shirt. My nephew, Travis P. Jackson over there, HBCU Pride. But I'm so delighted, ignited, and excited to be here where the culture is always in effect keith l brown mr impossible not impossible i'm possible. you know what
0: some intro i mean your energy is just out of this world I, I love it and even let's let's get in before we get into you let's talk about this clip right here what was going on in that clip because when i saw this on instagram i'm like i love it i mean you jamming with the kids and everything so what, what's going on here
1: absolutely this is a pre-commencement ceremony for the tyner academy tyner the trailblazing tyner academy in chattanooga tennessee one of the many schools that i serve nationally and globally and those seniors those graduates earned listen they earned over 5.5 million dollars in scholarships many of them are headed to hbcus and so that was just a moment Where that was the closing, and I'm innovative, and so I like to do things a little differently. I love getting my scholars engaged and empowered and you know, pumped up. And so that was the moment the last song was Rise Up. And I wanted those graduates to know whatever you do in life, rise up. When you are knocked down, rise up. When people don't believe in you, rise up. When life is seems like the odds are insurmountable rise up when there's a pandemic called covid 19 rise up do not let this pandemic paralyze your purpose or diminish your destiny adrena let me say that again do not let this pandemic paralyze your purpose or diminish your destiny and so it was my calling on that day to motivate stimulate elevate and educate as well as empower those graduates in the class of 202 WON. Did you catch that? I said the class of 202 WON because I wanted them to know they've already won. Shout out to Tyner Academy, Chattanooga, Tennessee, Hamilton County Schools.
0: Yes, I love it. I mean, I you know we'll, we'll talk more into your, um, your impact as an empowerment speaker and all of that. But before we get into that, let's get into your hbcu experience you're a graduate of savannah state university and also a member of omega Psi Phi fraternity
1: incorporated <laughs> one time for the brothers of Omega Psi Phi Fraternity Incorporated I pledge winner 88 winner 88 I was the ace online six the hard way winner 88 the Savannah State University the mighty alpha gamma chapter the mighty AG 7th district I was the number one I was called the preacher dog because I could set it out you know I'm sitting in my chair and I'm throwing it out right now yeah yeah you know what I'm saying Ah! I promise you 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 drop atomic dog I'll turn it out up in here but listen that's right so you you do understand we're talking about I pledged over 30 years ago and my undergraduate experience at the Savannah State University was all about servant leadership I was in the players by the sea theatrical troupe I traveled with the concert choir uh, I was a two-term SGA president shout out for student leadership and the uh, student government so I was a two-term SGA president and also Uh, a member of the Advisory Council to the Board of Regents. And I'm so proud because we had sit-ins back in the day. We had sit-ins, that was 1989 through 1991. We actually kicked Coca-Cola off of our campus because they would not divest out of South Africa. They still were doing business in South Africa during apartheid, during the era when uh, the, the late great President Nelson Mandela Was still imprisoned in South Africa. And so we were all about advocacy, we were all about black excellence, we were all about just black rebellion in that sense, removing those economic entities from our campus that were capitalizing off of the enslavement of black people in South Africa, and that's called apartheid. And I would hope that many of our scholars on HBCU campuses today would do their research you need to do your research and find out. Find out who's not supporting Juneteenth. You need to do your research and find out who's not supporting Black Lives Matter or other social justice initiatives. So, yeah, I want you to get turned up because y'all know next fall all homecomings are coming back. That's right. Homecomings are coming back. We're going to be turned up. All Greek organizations will be turned up. All of our HBCUs should be turned up. But we don't want to forget. We don't wanna forget about the struggle of our people. We don't wanna forget about the social justice battles that we are still fighting. We don't wanna forget about voter suppression. And so while we are going to get lit, and while we're going to be turned up, we have to be lit in another way. So those scholars at HBCUs have to be lit. And that stands for leaders in training. And if you are watching this broadcast today on the culture effect, and y'all need to be tuning in, whenever the culture effect is on with Adrena and her team, y'all need to be tuning in. But listen, you want to be lit, then lit stands for leaders in training. And that's what we did. That's what we did back in the day. So yeah, we party. We partied in the old gym at Savannah State University, but we went to class. We had sit-ins. We were social activists. We were all about social and educational justice. We were all about servant leadership, and we were all about love. And one of the key things I want to point out today, we didn't have social media. So we, we, we had to talk to each other we had to sit down at the table and talk to each other because we didn't even have cell phones. As a matter of fact, we made our calls on pay phones and we used to line up in the dormitories and they call those residence halls right now. And we'd be lining up, I'm talking about 10 and 20 people in a line waiting to use that pay phone. But there was so much love in our HBCUs and that's the importance of HBCU culture, that we are the village that we do bridge the gap. Because it's not just about the institution, it's about the community that surrounds the institution. And so every HBCU, whatever city or town it's in, the community becomes a part of that HBCU and it's the community school. And that's a part of the legacy of HBCUs, absolutely.
0: You know, I love how you came up with the, uh, those acronyms. Is that something that you do. Like, how did you, you come up with those so quick? I'm listening like, man, he didn't spell out my whole name with an acronym. You got the one for lit. Is, there, is that something that is just it just just come to you?
1: Absolutely. It is definitely a God-given gift. And a part of the secret of that is that most of my life I was labeled special ed in school. I had a wide, vast imagination. So I was labeled special ed. I was labeled at risk. I can remember being in classes of 35 and taken out and put into a class of five. And I learned that I was small and black and different. I remember teachers telling me, Keith L. Brown, you talk too much. And now I get paid to talk. And so we have to be very careful about the systemic and the systematic labels that even our black and brown babies go through today in public schools. And I work in a lot of public schools across the country and across the world. And so special ed was something that was placed upon me, but I was not special ed, I was special. I was not at risk, but I was taking risks. I was not a menace to society, but I stand now amongst men and women who help to ace society. And so vivid imagination i've always been this hyped you know i've always been this hype you know do not let the silver fox fool you i'm still hyped I'm still turned up. When I go to college campuses, I'm still engaging, you know, and empowering. And so that's very important that we have this enthusiasm. I just believe, Adrena, when you catch on fire with enthusiasm, people will come for miles to watch you burn. And so I'm going to stay enthused. But you know what? The culture effect is always enthused. And I knew if I was coming on this platform today, I had to bring it. And HBCU scholars, wherever you are, you have to bring it. And for those black scholars at PWIs, Predominantly white institutions, much love for you, but you have to bring it because if you're black and brown in America, I don't care if you're at an HBCU or a PWI. When you get out in the greater society, you're going to still have to bring it because I don't care what your GPA is. I don't care how many tests you pass. At the end of the day, you're still going to have to pass the skin test. Before people see your GPA, you have to pass the skin test. Before you open your mouth, you have to pass the skin test. When you are simply walking in a room, you have to pass the skin test. That's the America we live in. And many times as black and brown people in America, we are still God's children, but America's orphans. Boom. Let me say that again. In America, many times we are still God's children and America's orphans. Orphans, and so we got to pass the skin test. Doesn't matter. We got to understand that. That's why we have to unite, especially at HBCUs.
0: That was oh, yeah. that was it. Um. So okay, so let's. We definitely we'll get more into that later on in the conversation. But I want to ask you, what led you to Savannah State? What inspired you to go there?
1: Well, I was born in Savannah, Georgia, raised in Jamaica, Queens, New York, and here's a funny story. I actually was headed to NYU, New York University, the Ivy League. All right, I was a part of the NYU players. I was doing very well in the theater and I was in high school at the time. Shout out to Springfield Gardens High School, class of 86. So I was actually in high school. I was at the Black Spectrum Theater Company. So I was doing a lot of work in theater and the fine arts, working with the NYU players, but my SAT score was not high enough. Point blank. My grades were not high enough to get into the Ivy League. Real talk. And so Savannah State University was the family school. Many family members attended Savannah State University. And back in the day, it was Savannah State College uh, and, and several other names, okay? You know, Georgia uh, uh, School, Industrial School for Negroes, just so many names. But I remember 1890, 1890, we were founded in 1890, Richard Wright, when they asked him, what should we tell everyone when it comes to Savannah State? He said, tell them we are rising tell them we are rising and so I knew I could rise at Savannah State because many of my family members had done so and like many HBCU Savannah State opened the door for me even though I was not totally academically prepared but I got there I worked hard I went through a couple of remedial courses uh, I had tutors I worked hard I mean I worked hard and they worked with me and that's the HBCU experience that HBCUs will nurture you and they will work with you and they will not give up on you. And so I graduated cum laude and thank you, Lordy. <laughs> I graduated cum laude and thank you, Lordy. So Savannah State University is one of the family schools. And I am so honored that it turned out the way it did because Savannah State helped mold and shape me into Mr. Impossible, globally known speaker. Absolutely.
0: Mm. So and, and it is like you thoroughly you know lived out your college experience you were heavily involved in different organizations you talked about the protests and sit ins and things like that so after leaving um, Savannah State where did your degree take you from there
1: It took me right to Georgia Southern University where I went to grad school so shout out to Georgia Southern University and while there I was a graduate assistant in the English department um and left there and started um actually started my teaching career i taught in middle georgia at a school called East Lawrence High School. Shout out to East Lawrence High School. I was also an instructor at the heart of Georgia Technical College at the time teaching business English. And Savannah State had prepared me for all of that. And then I got further training at Georgia Southern. And now I'm actually in the uh, Georgia Southern University Black Hall of Fame, all right? I'm a lifetime member of the Savannah State University National Alumni Association, Young Alumni of the Year. So I have much love for my tiger nation. My son is an honors grad of the savannah state university as well and his name is Keon j brown i have to shout my son out because he's a director of policy in the georgia senate and so that's what hbcus can do you can go anywhere and that was one of our models at savannah state you can get anywhere from here and i know tuskegee had its model, and whatever hbcu you went to if you graduated you're prepared because they don't just let you Slip across the stage. You have to earn that degree. And that's the one thing I know about HBCUs. You don't just slide out. You earn that degree and you give up a lot of times blood, sweat and tears because they're all about legacy. So HBCUs graduate the best of the best. And I'm honored to be interviewed by one of the best of the best on today.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and I'm glad you said that, because a lot of people think some people still have this preconceived notion that if you go to HBCU, it's easier to go through HBCU because of, you know, just whatever they've been taught. But like you said, it's you got to earn your way through, you know, it's work. And just like if you were at any other institution. It's work, you know, it's not just like a simple little pass along thing. So, yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, let me say we have to increase our own expectations as black people. A lot of times, a lot of that negative propaganda is perpetuated in the black community. And so you have African-Americans themselves that talk negatively about HBCUs and many of them went to HBCUs. And they will talk negatively about HBCUs or won't give financially to HBCUs. And so one of the things that is very disturbing is almost like the negative trend, Adrena, when you, you know, you speak with power and conviction and what they call articulate and you have black folk that tell you you talk like white people. And you still have people that will say things like, oh, you think you're better than us, OK, because you went to school or, or you, think, you think that you're excellent. Now, I, and see, one of the questions I would have then, if talking white means I'm intelligent, what does it mean to talk Black? If excellence is attributed only to white Americans or Asian-Americans, then why would our Black and brown babies and youth want to be great if excellence doesn't look like them? or excellence is not attributed to them. And so what we have to understand, even in the black community, we have to start perpetuating, all right, positive talk when it comes to our HBCUs, because HBCUs have graduated the majority of black doctors. HBCUs have graduated the majority of black lawyers. HBCUs have uh, graduated the majority of black engineers and, and so forth. And so we have to change the paradigm in our own communities. And we have to have a certain respect for HBCUs. And you know, one of the things they'll say is, well, you know, you're going to an HBCU, that's a party school. Well, the Ivy League schools that I go to and speak at, they're party schools. And other PWIs, they're party schools. And at the end of the day, it's the individuals. And so they party at every school, every school. But what we must understand is that there's balance. So, yes, we party. We have great homecomings. But like you said, we have some of the greatest professors on the planet. All right. We have some of the greatest majors and academic programs on the planet. And so we have to change the narrative and understand a lot of the greatness that exists here in America from Vice President Kamala Harris on. It started with the foundation of attending and graduating from an HBCU. So HBCUs now, HBCUs always.
0: Exactly, and you know, I think too with um, with Kamala being in the White House, I think it seems like the world has been that you know, there's been this this focus on okay, now everyone is interested to learn more about HBCU. So for me, I'm just hoping that that continues and that it wasn't just you know, like a fad or people just interested for the moment. But I want people to continue pouring into the HBCUs and being interested in what the HBCU community has to offer. Um, so and, um, before we keep going, I definitely want to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, Positivity Water. It's a Black-owned alkaline water company. Um, I drink this all the time. I drink a lot of water, so I love Positivity Water. They're on Instagram, um, Positivity water.com and positivity water so now keep i want to ask you um what where, where did that name mr i'm possible come
1: from i love that question because many times i grew up in situations where it was impossible or i thought it was impossible i grew up in a blended family had a lot of love i grew up with two mothers two fathers brothers and sisters on both sides lost a brother to sickle cell anemia still standing lost a sister to the aids virus still standing Um uh, lost one of my dads uh back in february still standing my mother is in her 70s and we are co-caregivers my family and i as my mom battles alzheimer's disease and so labeled special ed so many obstacles i've had to overcome and life could have been impossible but you know so many young people that i work with back in the day the young people of the sickle cell foundation of georgia young people back in the day who knew my messages of possibilities and i remember young people gave me the name mr i'm possible and so when young people bestow a name on you because young people are so real so honest so transparent And they bestowed the name Mr. Impossible upon me. And so I've been rocking with it ever since for some years now. And so I'm known nationally and globally as Mr. Impossible, the man who says not impossible, I'm possible. And incidentally, the difference between impossible and I'm possible is the apostrophe. Something very little Adrena, if you take that apostrophe and you put it between the I and the M, then you're impossible becomes your i possible. So it could be for all of your listeners and your viewers out there, all you gotta do is do some little things to go from impossible to it's possible to I'm You might have to change who you're hanging around because the company you keep will determine the levels you reach. You may have to stop depending on some family members who don't support you. Because at the end of the day, it has been said that blood is thicker than water, but sometimes blood clots but water flows let me say that again sometimes blood clots but water flows so anybody who's not supporting you loving you and nurturing your dreams that might not necessarily be your blood that might be a blood clot but water flows. Like today, Adrena, you're not my blood. You're like my surrogate niece, but you're not my blood, but you are the water. And you are helping me to flow and get this information out here today. So you have to surround yourself with people who might not necessarily be your blood, but they help you to flow. So you got to understand if you want to go from impossible to impossible, do understand early on that all relatives ain't family. Everybody is not going to support you. So you have to understand that. And then you have to get into a mindset where you also understand 50 to 75% of the people who are going to help you reach your goals, you haven't even met them yet. 50 to 75% of the people who are going to help you reach your goals, you haven't even met them yet. So don't be discouraged when your friends turn their back. Don't be discouraged when some family members turn their back. Don't be so discouraged because many times we get a lot of likes on social media, but not a lot of love. Boom. I said we get a lot of likes, but we don't get a lot of love. What do you mean by that, Mr. Impossible? What I mean is this. I know college scholars who have businesses right now because I coach some of them and they have businesses and they're getting a lot of likes. But nobody is supporting them just like you just did with positivity water I love that okay I love the way that you shout out your sponsor that was wonderful black owned well I'm sure they want likes on their Instagram but they want people to patronize the business and that's the love yes I love the likes at Keith L brown underscore but the love is when you tap in to my products, my services, my coaching, my training. That's what we have to learn to do in the black community. Invest in each other. Invest in black businesses. And let me say this. Don't invest in me just because I'm a black business. Invest in me because I'm a just black business, which means I operate with a spirit of excellence, a spirit of integrity. I operate with a high level of customer service. So I think it's very Very important that we understand that's how you go from impossible to impossible. And then you got to believe in yourself. You got to believe in yourself. I got these four affirmations. I love myself. I believe in myself. I'm proud of myself. I'm a genius. Once again, I love myself. I believe in myself. I'm proud of myself. I'm a genius. I say that all over the world because you have to start with a belief system. You have to start loving yourself. You got to be proud of yourself but you got to do things that make you proud and then you got to understand if you black in America you a genius because there's a gene in us and it's called greatness and no matter how much America or any other system um attempted to oppress us, suppress us, repress us and depress us, we're still rising. We're still rising and I think that's the message today. Not because of but in spite of we are still rising as a people.
0: You know you- on um so many different points and i want to break down uh what the, the 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 phrase you said it's uh what was it again blood what is it blood thicker than water? Oh, yeah
1: yeah blood is thicker than water but sometimes blood clots mm. but, wa- but water flows
0: yeah you know i was watching one of your i think it was one of your recent you did a facebook live session and you were talking about how uh what was it um forgot but i you I, I remember hearing that you know you were talking about how um if friends and family they really don't support you if they think that you're supposed to just give them like a discount or something yes. like family i, I want to get into that for a second because it's okay oh, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah thank you so yeah. thank you so much to my surrogate niece i appreciate yeah. you you so awesome yes yes <laughs> ambitious Adrena so it was basically talking about we're not family in business and that's where we make our mistake we're not family in business even hbcus it's a family atmosphere but we have to run our hbcus like a business but we do have a family atmosphere a family love but we got to do business by doing business and so when my son has the opportunity to work in our business he's not my son He's an independent contractor. When my surrogate daughter, Michaela Green of Green Screen, owner and operator of Green Screen Productions, one of my prized videographers, who's a graduate of an HBCU honors graduate of the Albany State University. When she's working with me, she is not my surrogate daughter. She is my videographer. She's an independent contractor. If I have a niece or nephew that works for me, they are not my nieces and nephews when they're on the clock. Okay so what we have to understand I don't hire family members I hire employees I hire independent contractors and one of the key factors of working in 2020 enterprises and the impossible institute I hire entrepreneurs so my son has an entrepreneurial spirit Michaela Green has an entrepreneurial spirit anybody who I've worked with throughout the years They've owned their own business. And I feel that's very important. I don't care if it's a lemonade stand. You need to own your own business so you know what I feel like as an owner, because you have to bring a certain level of excellence. And if you don't bring that excellence, Adrena, then I will write you up. Uh, I don't fire anybody. They remove themselves. Let's let's be clear. I don't fire anybody they they by, by minimizing their performance by showing up late by not uh, operating at a certain level of excellence. They simply walk away and you know what happens when that happens right family members get what they get upset. Mm-hmm. I can't believe you fired him. I can't believe I didn't fire them. They quit when they when they when their performance. Was minimized. They quit. And so we have to get in a mindset as black people. We have to stop hiring family members and then allowing them to act like they do when they're at the family reunion. No, this is a business. I am building impact, influence and income. I am building impact influence and income and you cannot build impact influence and income if you hire family members just because they are family when you know they can't do the job when you know they they're not cut out to do this and so when you go through this orientation and this training if you drop the ball then you will be dropped from the position now with that being said, I will help you find out what your destiny is and what your gift is, but it's definitely not on my team here at 2020 Enterprises. I love you because you are my family member, but I love you enough that I'm going to make certain that you are removed so you don't destroy the family legacy. And that's important. The family legacy is greater than any one person in the family.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, important. Yeah. I was writing that down. You said I don't fire anyone; they just remove themselves. You know, like performing right. And I think when you think about it like that, it's like you really can't even. You know, someone when they get let go, they really can't even be mad because it's like, well, look, you stop performing at the level that you were supposed to. So I, you know, I had to get rid of you. Um,
1: Absolutely.
0: So, and, and then, what advice do you have? Because I know it's a lot of people, and especially like you said, with an HBCU community, or especially like even within fraternity and sorority, it's like, hey, bro, you know, soror, Fred or hey, we went to, you know, it's like people they feel like they have this, um, this commonality with you, and they just can, oh, because we went, we sat in the same classroom together, we went to the same school, or we got the same letters on. They think that you're supposed to treat them a different way. And wow. so what, what, what do you have to say about that for people who may be feeling like guilty about, you know, handling people or letting go of family members? What what advice do you have for them?
1: Well, let, let me say this. Um, that, that It is a tricky slope. It is. And, you know, anytime you have to let a family member go, a friend, fraternity, brother, sorority, sister, um, you know, classmate, if you have to let them go, it does feel bad. But once again, if you allow them to stay and they minimize your purpose, it's gonna minimize the greater good of your mission and what you were called to do. And you don't ever wanna minimize the gift that God has given you for individuals who won't step up to the plate. That's very important. You know, when people say, you know, Keith, Keith L. Brown, Mr. Impossible, if you love me, you would not let me go. And I say, if you love me, you would not put me in a position to have to. (laughs) Do you understand? So let me say that again. People will, they will entrap you and say, if you love me, you wouldn't let me go. We frat, we family, we classmates. Well, if you loved me, you wouldn't put me in a position to have to let you go. And so I say this even when it's fraternity brothers, because I have a lot of fraternity brothers that we collaborate, we collaborate. But let's just give it an example that let's say I have a fraternity brother who might be a, a, a college dean and he wants me to come to his institution and speak. Well, and he shouldn't want the hookup. He should be the hookup. Boom. Let me say that again. He should not want the hookup. He should be the hookup. If you're oh. the dean, if you're the dean, Okay, well, you're over business and finance, or you're the president of the institution, or you're the principal of the school, or you're the superintendent. Why do you want me to reduce my price because of our relationship? Our relationship, if you really believe in my worth, then our relationship should be that if anything, you should be looking to increase. the investment because if you brought in someone who did not have the same melanin or the same hue that i do you're not going to ask them for the hookup so why are you asking me for the hookup especially when the money is not coming out of your pocket it might be coming out of your budget but that budget nine times out of ten is coming from the federal government and so if you believe in me enough to come and speak then you should believe in me enough to invest in my gift and that helps to solidify the foundation of our, our relationship that we established many years ago. So listen, the brus know I love them. I love the bras. I love the brus. but we have to stop these hometown hookups like we back in undergrad. Oh no, we're not back in the work study days. We're not back at work study days. No, 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 no. I have a family to help take care of, okay? My wife, Dr. Joaquia Brown, she's a principal, HBCU, Savannah State University as well, and Armstrong State University. She went to a PWI as well. But listen, she's a principal and she can't go to um, the uh, central office and and one of her classmates says, Well, you know, we want to reduce your salary, Dr. Brown. Are you serious? No, no, we're not gonna reduce her salary because we are classmates. So, in the same vein, I may give you a, a a little discount, but don't expect me to come for a less amount than you would bring in someone else who might not be as engaging and qualified as I am. So that's real talk. We have to, as a people, we have to stop so much asking for the hookup. And when we are in positions, we got to be the hookup.
0: Mm. Hey, you know, that that's into a whole nother uh... We have a whole another discussion about that, about business and things. Yeah, but- well, I just got to
1: come back, you know, because I'm a big, yeah. Definitely, yeah.
0: No, no, definitely, definitely, yeah, because it's definitely, yeah, that, that's a whole, a whole lot of gems you just dropped there. Uh, don't just look for the hookup, but be the hookup. Uh-huh.
1: Thank you, yes, Adrena, yeah. yes,
0: I love it. Um, and, and now let's get into. I know you got a book. Your talk is expensive book. Let's get into that. Tell us. Oh
1: yeah, this is it right here, y'all. You know, talk is expensive. All right, communicating effectively to increase your impact your influence and your income all of our lives we've heard that talk is cheap all of our lives we've heard that actions speak louder than words and actions do speak louder than words but it's the words that move people to action for example as a director of external affairs in the georgia senate i I work as a political consultant as well and one of the things that i see a lot of i see a lot of the uh, political division in our country today. And on January 6th, it boiled over as a certain man stood at a podium, I refuse to call his name, but a certain man stood at the podium and he told thousands, go to the Capitol and fight like hell. And they listened to this man and they went to the Capitol, these insurgents, these thugs, as President Biden called them, these thugs went into the Capitol Did millions and billions of dollars in damage, um, assaulted police officers, attempted to assault members of Congress, threatened the life of then uh, the vice president, then threatened his life on January the 6th. You had Congress members ducking, literally ducking, okay, in the House, in the Senate, right? With gas masks on and by the way gas masks were invented by a black man all right by a black man yes yes garrett morgan yes and the traffic signal and so here we are on january 6th this individual this individual at the podium who's no longer in office beckoned them through his talk talk was not cheap on that day it was very expensive a lot of property damage was done lives were lost okay insurgents overran the capital so they actually took over the country and nothing was done nothing was done and so talk is not cheap talk is expensive if you go into an interview hbcu graduates when you graduate and you go into that interview if you don't know how to communicate effectively That talk will not be cheap. It will be expensive because it can cost you that position. And although you might be the best candidate for that position, if you don't know how to articulate your value proposition and your value proposition is when you tell that company, that agency, that school, that college, that organization, what you bring to the table, what value do you bring? That's going to help them get a return on them investing in you. You have to be able to articulate your value proposition. When you go into an interview, the first thing you need to do when they ask you, Adrena, well, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm a teacher or something. Don't tell them about yourself. The first thing you should do is tell them about the mission statement of their company or the vision statement of their company. That's where your talk should be because that too is expensive because when they know that you've done your research, then that's going to put you in a prime position to get that position. That's called your value proposition. Talk about their mission statement, their vision statement. Tell them about their company and then talk about how you being an asset will blend into that company and help to elevate that company, that organization, that agency, that firm, that institution. So talk is not cheap. Talk is expensive. When we speak negatively over our black and brown babies and youth that's not cheap it's expensive because many times they do not rise to the level of their greatness or because their promise because we've talked down to them we've spoken negatively over them but when we speak life and we speak positive over their life many times, even when they lax in some areas they still rise they still rise because we speak life in them and we talk positive in them and i want all of your listeners out there to know Our black and brown babies, call them what's on that birth certificate. Their name is not dumb and stupid. Call them by their name, not those negative names. And so talk is not cheap. Talk is definitely expensive. And I talk a lot about that in this new book that's now being studied in schools and across the country and across the world, like some of my global clients in England, Barbados, the Dutch Caribbean, Canada, and so on.
0: You know that that once again, it's like it's the way when you think about stuff. Talk is not cheap; it's expensive because, like you say, it can cost you certain different things, certain opportunities. So, and and for those, and I, I don't think we even fully got into exactly everything it is that you do in your resume. So let's let's kind of, brother. I know you've been on, uh, was it Family Feud? You've been on a few other shows. You're on A and E. So let's for those who you know, let's kind of run down your resume real quick. And so we can get into, you know, the book. And so they can know, really see all the different facets of Keith L. Brown and what what you're all about.
1: Thank you so very much. Well, I am a professional speaker. People say motivational speaker, but no, I'm a professional speaker who motivates because you can be a motivational speaker, but not get paid. I get paid to do what I do. I'm a professional speaker. This is my art, this is my craft. I'm also a coach and trainer at the Impossible Institute. And so I coach speakers and entrepreneurs and educational leaders and others who would like to expand their impact, influence and income. Not only that, I'm a director of external affairs in the Georgia Senate. I'm a legislative speech writer. I'm an educational consultant. I'm a hype man and MC in the entertainment industry. And a lot of my work in the entertainment industry comes via my publicist, Adrian Allen. So shout out to the IPY agency. The IPY agency, it's I'm promoting you on Instagram. I'm promoting you on Instagram. My awesome publicist, who just expands my brand nationally and globally. And she is a graduate of an HBCU, the Morgan State University. So one of the top publicists on the planet is a graduate of an HBCU as well. And so this is not just what I do, Adrena, this is who I am. I'm an advocate. I run a mentoring organization for fathers called Fathers, F-A-T-H-E-R-S, not F-A-R-T-H-E-R. Let me say that again. F-A-T-H-E-R-S, not F-A-R-T-H-E-R, where we are training and coaching fathers to be with their families, to be with their children. And even if you're no longer with the mother, you might've divorced that mother, but don't divorce your children. And so there we say, I will reflect you, I will protect you, I will respect you, and I won't neglect you, fathers, not father. I'm honored to be a uh, Presidential Lifetime Achievement Award winner, and that was given to me by 44. President Barack H. Obama. Thankfully, it was given to me by 44. That's something I earned through my advocacy and my social justice work and my volunteerism through the years. And so uh, I wear many hats, but one of the hats that I'm most proud of is the hat that I wear of fatherhood and, and being a servant leader, being a servant leader. For um, literally hundreds of thousands of children and youth across the globe, and so all of that started with the foundation of an HBCU. Once again, <laughs> the Savannah State University. So you know that's real. That's real, and I was deficient at some point. So look, can I say this to yeah. all of your to all of your listeners out there? Stop focusing on your deficiency and start focusing on your destiny. Stop focusing on your deficiency and start focusing on your destiny. And what I mean by that is you can improve in areas that you need to improve on, but don't let that be your total focus because whatever you focus on, that then in turn will directly correlate with how you Operate in society. In other words, your outlook will determine your output, and your output will determine your outcome. So if I feel that my deficiency makes me less than everybody else, if that's my outlook, then my output is not going to be as great as it could be, and my outcome will definitely not be as great as it should be. So remember, focus on your destiny and not your deficiency bishop td jakes who i love he was another one he was another one who was labeled at risk and they told him his imagination was too great the great les brown one of the greatest speakers of all time one of my colleagues and once my coach the great les brown was my coach he was labeled educable mentally retarded, and now he trains corporations and global leaders all over the world. And so we have to understand, even Oprah Winfrey, you know they put Oprah Winfrey, HBCU graduate, the Tennessee State University, even Oprah Winfrey was put on television in the time slot against Phil Donahue. And that was way back before your time when Oprah started, but Phil Donahue was number one. And the network executives thought by putting this black woman against Phil Donahue, that she was gonna fail. Well, we see Oprah over 30 years later, and Oprah is a uh, a black billionaire and providing opportunities for black and brown people and all people. And so, that's what HBCUs do.
0: And you know, I want to run that down. I want people to see like we're all this passion and this knowledge. Like you got. Behind your name you know you're not just talking Because just it sounded Like you actually lived a life You got the experiences and you know You have this, this long resume that speaks for Itself so that's why I wanted you to you know Just let the people know a little bit So um um, and as we Get ready to wrap this up we're definitely gonna have to bring You back for another one because this was good Um I want to get into What are some upcoming projects I know you got the book out um The book is out now right yes we get that
1: well, they can get the book at keithlbrown.com. That's my website, www.keithlbrown.com. You know, you can also follow me on Instagram at Keith L. brown underscore on Facebook at Keith L. brown 1911. You know what the 1911 is for. Also, Keith L. brown 1911 on Twitter. And yes, I do follow back. My publicists make sure that I follow back uh, because uh, although I've achieved a certain level of celebrity status, you know i still like the poem if says i can walk with kings kings and queens but never lose the common touch so i stay humble and i think that's very important that we stay humble so it don't matter how many followers i have or don't have you know i'm still making impact and so one of the projects we have coming up i'm excited about nasap the national association of student affairs professionals nasap sli the student leadership institute that's july 7th through the 12th at the savannah state university so all hbcus if you're familiar with nasap if you've been in nasap go look up uh, nasap n-a-s-a-p-s-l-i on instagram you can still register nasap is so powerful and i love my work with hbcus i'm looking forward um, to my summer tour we just got back from cincinnati ohio we were with project connect with cincinnati public schools So excited about working with them. I'm so excited about the institutions I'll be heading to on my fall tour. It's just so much. I'll be speaking with uh, over 500 superintendents in the state of New York uh, coming up uh, in the fall. So it's just so much. So that's what I'll be doing. I'll be doing a lot of touring to schools and colleges and universities. And so listen, if you definitely want to book me, you can reach out. You can reach out and book me via Keith or All American Entertainment.com, All American Entertainment.com, or just send an email to my publicist, and that's Adrian, A D R I E N N E, Adrian at the IPY agent. IPYAgency.com, Adrian at the IPYAgency.com. So, so excited about the coaching and training we're doing at the Impossible Institute, uh, you know, helping to run a campaign. So, shout out to Senator Lester Jackson in the great state of Georgia, running for labor commissioner. So, I'm honored to work with Senator Lester Jackson for labor commissioner in the state of Georgia and bring some equity and some more um, professionalism and integrity and accountability to the office of the labor commissioner here in the great state of Georgia. So Adrena, there's so much going on, but I stay busy, but I do make time to release, relax, and restore. And I want your listeners to do that. Make time. I know you grinding. I know you working hard, but make time to release, relax, and restore. It's about self-care, but most important, it's about self-eye care. And what's the difference? Self-care is the activities you engage in. But self I care is when you tell yourself you deserve it. And many times, many times we feel guilty for taking care of ourselves, don't we? Many times we feel like we got to apologize for taking care of ourselves. So I have this term that I coined called hashtag self care. Remind yourself that you are worth it. And that's in every area of your life.
0: And you know, I want to ask you too. um, And then this is something you you spoke about earlier. How you had a um, people labeled Jews, like you know, special ed growing up, and you had a lot of obstacles. You lost a lot of people, but you still managed to keep that same positive energy. So. But like I want you to speak to, uh, you know, the people who may be dealing even with COVID situation or people who maybe just are having a hard time. They have lost people. They've gone through, you know, maybe a divorce or they've gone through, you know, losing friends, things like that. But how can they um, overcome that and still manage to walk in their purpose and just 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 start life over?
1: So number one, you don't have to be strong. That's number one. Because when someone loses a job, a career, a loved one, the first thing we say is, oh, be strong. But I'm here today to change that paradigm. You don't have to be strong. In your human weakness, there will be those who have compassion. There will be those who have compassion. And those are the individuals who will love on you, support you, pray for you, all right, be a support system for you so you don't have to be strong. And many times, especially as black men, we feel we have to be strong, but guess what? I encourage black men to cry because real men cry. And many times when you don't cry or when people tell you that real men don't cry and we tell our black boys and black youth and young men that real men don't cry, we are dehumanizing them. We are turning black boys and black young men into animals Because we're telling them to keep all that stuff on the inside and then it comes out in rage and we don't want to see that because they're not animals. They are human beings. And so the first thing I want to say to all of your listeners out there, you don't have to be strong. okay? if you are weak going through a situation, it's okay. But make sure you surround yourself with a support system that will be strong for you, but not tell your business. They'll be strong for you without telling your business and then go through the process for me i got help i have a therapist my son and i i'm honored to say we sat on the same couch because black mental health matters let me say that again black mental health matters so we sat on the same couch he cried on my shoulder i cried on his okay and we came out and i still have my therapist so i still tap into my therapist because and yeah i pray and i'm a man of faith But I know that God placed my therapist here and gave her a gift. And so I tap into my therapist. So I'm going to say that to you all out there as well. If you're going through loss and you can't get over it, or you're going through a divorce and and it's hard to get over it, get you some professional help, a counselor, a therapist, preferably, preferably someone who doesn't know you. So then they are objective and they don't know you and they don't know you when you grew up and they don't know your family. And so they don't have any preconceived notions. Okay, so get you a therapist. And then number three in the word compassion is the word passion and passion really stands for pass eye on. Even when you're going through still pass eye on love and hope and still support others. And the best way to overcome your situation is to help others overcome theirs. Let me say that again. One of the best ways to help, one of the best ways to help you get out of your funk or your situation or your state of mild depression or depression that's full blown is to help somebody else. Because when you're helping others, it just brings a certain light over you. And it brings a certain warmth to your heart. And when you're doing that, it will help pull you up out of whatever you're going through. And so that's the advice, Adrena, that I would give right here, right here on the culture effect that is so very important, especially as black folk that we understand, especially for you as a black woman, sweetie, you you might be a superwoman, Adrena, right? Right. You might be a superwoman, but you don't have to be superwoman. You could take that cape off sometimes, mm. brothers. You might be a superman, but you don't have to be Superman. Understand? You got some kryptonite. We all do, and so that's what I would say to your listeners: Black mental health matters. Get the help that you will des- that you deserve. Get the help that you deserve, and stop listening to those blood clots and others who are telling you that if you get help, you're crazy. I, I-, I take it another way. I say, listen: if you don't get help that's insanity if you don't get help so that's very important today and then at the end of the day understand that you have to get some training you got to get some coaching in order to go to the level you want to go to you might have to get a coach you might have to get a trainer I train a lot of professionals I coach a lot of professionals who are balling but guess what they need that extra sharpening and just like the pencil Adrena we got to get sharpened because if you don't get sharpened nobody will ever get your point that's real if you don't get sharpened nobody will ever get your point real talk
0: mm, I you know you need to come up with a whole line like so many quotes you said we need like a little a t-shirt collection with all these these quotes these these gems you dropped uh-huh. i can
1: do it i yes. can do yes. it.
0: go ahead and get that going yes because i'm like man i'm gonna have to go back and watch this and pull some stuff out yes. um, but that was good. So for everyone, definitely, if you all want to bookkeep, and especially I like the uh, last thing I want to hit on. I know I said this, but th- this is this is good too. You said you're not just a speaker. You're a professional speaker, not just to motivate. You're a professional speaker. Um, so it's a difference. You say you get paid to speak. So do you offer for other people, other speakers who they're trying to figure out, okay, how do I make this thing uh, profitable? How do I feed my family from speaking? Do you offer coaching or something for those people?
1: Absolutely. Once again, I am the lead trainer and principal coach at the I'm Possible Institute, which is right here in the greater Atlanta area. And a lot of our training now is via Zoom, okay? And so you can, once again, you can shoot an email to Adrian at the ipyagency.com a d r i e n n e at the ipyagency.com you can go online at keithlbrown.com and shoot us an email if you're interested in increasing your impact your influence and your income as a speaker i can show you how to get booked in schools colleges universities corporate america government entities i've been doing this for 20 plus years so i'm not new to the game this is what i do and I love coaching and training others and watching them go to the next level. But there's so, there's so much need now for hope in our country. This is a prime time to be a professional speaker. And not only that, I'm also a COVID recovery coach. And so I will be going into schools and colleges and agencies and institutions, helping them with COVID recovery, helping them with the mindset, helping them with social emotional learning helping them with college and career readiness, helping them to build the morale because many Americans have been working virtually and now they have to go back to the workplace. And so as a COVID recovery coach, I'm gonna help them to ease and transition back into that workplace. Because you know, people were getting so much on the unemployment front, they were not even thinking about going back to work, many people. So I'm helping them to ease that transition back as a COVID recovery coach. So once again, if you desire to be a professional speaker and you desire to be paid for your gift, shoot that email to Adrian and then you can also shoot an email over to Keith speaks, k e i t h speaks at keithlbrown.com. Keith speaks at keithlbrown.com. Keith Keith and let me say this, there is an investment. There is an investment. You know, a lot of times Adrian uh, Adrian I got you, you know, Adrian is my got Adrian and Adrena, look, you said it's beautiful today. So ambitious Adrena, a lot of times I have adults who say things like, uh, do you mentor adults? No, I mentor children and youth. I coach adults. Mm. I, I mentor children and youth, but I coach adults. And so there is an investment. There are those who say, hey, man, look, I just want to take you out to lunch and pick your brain. And I let them know, no, I got food at the house. (laughs) You you, you have to take me out to lunch to pick my brain. You understand? You can just invest in one of these 30 minutes or a one hour strategy session where I can help build a foundation for your business. But I don't need you to take me to lunch and pick my brain. And I want all entrepreneurs to understand out there, if you keep allowing people just cuz I used to do that. I used to just give away stuff for free and people don't really appreciate that. But when people invest, they appreciate that more. And so let me say this. If you keep allowing people to pick your brain, pretty soon that's going to minimize your brain cells. Mm. <laughs> okay? And so and so if they are serious about speaking, if they are serious about entrepreneurship, If they are serious, then they are willing to invest just like they're willing to invest in that outfit or that vehicle or that that jewelry or or those video uh, game consoles. Just like they're willing to invest in the things they want, then they should be willing to invest in the things they need and the things they deserve. And so that's what it's all about for me. If you are willing to make an investment, I will help you increase your impact, your influence and your income
0: i like that once again that's a whole another conversation we can get into because I, I i like that and i don't want to hold you too much longer but i like you said that people actually you, do you do you mentor adults you said no i mentor children but i coach adults you Absolutely. know so i like that and, and people and i think it's important like you say for entrepreneurs to know and people just know you have to invest in yourself don't expect to and this goes back to uh, the conversation we had earlier, people expecting certain things from you because of a relationship or certain skin color. You know, they expect, okay, well, let me just talk to him. But no, you have to invest in yourself and invest it in a coach, or you know, like it costs. It's not free because you got years of experience and money that you put into what it is that you do. So I think that's important because I think a lot of people don't, they don't understand. If they think information is supposed to be free. They think.
1: Oh. That- Oh no, and yeah, people ask me, I tell them salvation is free and that cost. <laughs> salvation is free and that hey look, and a mighty, a mighty price was paid for that. So it is so important. And I and let me say this, like I said, for years I used to just give away the information. I did. I would give away information. And you know, Les Brown and who's who was one of my mentors and my coach said, Man, look. People have to invest in your gift and so that's where i am now um since 2015 i've been doing that along with uh, dr jessica houston who started out with me she's a women's woman's empowerment speaker she would be great for your show as well dr jessica houston expectingvictory.com and also my director of operations you know here at the impossible institute in 2020 enterprises and you know and we started this coaching program back in 2015 the formally uh, you know, it has really taken off. And so we've coached hundreds across the globe and helped them take off with their businesses. And, and so that's very important to me, because during this time, what if COVID-19 has not taught us anything else? It has taught us that it's going to be more entrepreneurs in America after COVID-19 than ever before. And so I'm staying masked up. I'm staying prayed up. I'm not, I'm, I keep looking up. I want everybody to know the pandemic is still here. And I'm going into these schools, Adrena, look, I'm going in fully vaccinated because a lot of the schools and colleges that I go into now, you have to be vaccinated. So I'm going in and I'm talking about, you know, that life saving information, vaccination education. That's another show, life saving information, vaccination, education. That's the live program. And that's through African Heritage, Inc., and anybody who wants to learn more, go to African Heritage, Inc. on Facebook, African Heritage, Inc. on Instagram or Twitter. And that's one of the organizations I work closely with on that life-saving information, vaccination, education. And not only that, but improving the life of black people because sometimes we have to hide from that or be apologetic. I'm unapologetically black. I serve people of all races across the globe, but I'm unapologetically black because I do understand that my black and brown babies are the most at risk you know, here in America and many places around the world. And so I just want us to stay vigilant and diligent Understand that if we protest in the streets, we got to protest at the polls, we got to continue to vote. If you're not registered, you got to register. We have to do this and we just can't fall asleep. Let me say that. You know, we always say stay woke. "Don't, Don't fall asleep, though. Don't you and HBCU scholars, the world deserves you. And there are gonna be many more companies and agencies paying attention to HBCUs. So listen, y'all better be ready. I coach and train a lot of scholars at HBCUs across the country. Shout out to all of the HBCUs that I've been to and the ones that I'm coming to. So I'm telling you, and even my black scholars at PWIs, predominantly white institutions, you better be ready. You had better be ready because you might graduate from a PWI. But don't think that that's going to just get you in the door. You still have to pass that skin test. It's unfortunate, but it's real. This is America. Mm.
0: Yes. So everything, once again, Keith L. Brown, he's on Instagram, his website, KeithLBrown.com. So if we all have any speakers who are listening. I want to hear this, and you all want to be coached to being a paid, okay, professional speaker. Definitely sign up for his um speakers course and be uh, or institute. And i I want to make sure I'm saying it right. Is it institute, right?
1: It's the yeah. I, you froze for just a moment. Okay. It's, yeah, it's the Impossible Institute. Is I'm that possible. what you're? Yes, the Impossible Institute. Um, right now, all of our training is done virtually, and uh, hopefully, we'll be able to do some in-person trainings in the fall. But that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be training and coaching, and it doesn't matter. You don't. You can just be an entrepreneur. You can just be. You can just work in a certain field, and you want to improve your impact, your influence, and your income. I will coach you. I will train you. And let me say this: I have high schoolers. I have high schoolers that are investing in coaching. I have college scholars who are investing in coaching. And so, if they can do it, certainly adults can invest. You can invest if this is something, but you got to want it. You got to want it. You got to be passionate. Like I said, pass eye on. You got to be passionate about this thing. You got to have the drive. Do you understand? I wake up every morning with that drive. Sometimes I don't feel like getting out of bed man, but I got to go get it. I got to keep grinding. I got to keep growing. That's real talk. Nothing is coming to me. Adrina, I only eat what I kill. I'm an entrepreneur. I only eat what I kill. Okay. Right. That's real talk.
0: I love, and then you got the COVID recovery, COVID recovery coach. And I love it. You've literally created, I mean, like your own, it's like your own lane. a COVID recovery. I, I love that. The, Absolutely. Love
1: Absolutely. Yes.
0: I love that. so once again thank you all it's been a great interview we definitely gonna have to have you back for sure um and talk you know who knows because it's like it's so many different subtopics that we can uh touch on within this but yeah definitely thank you all once again shout out to positivity water black-owned alkaline water company so definitely follow them online as well and keep definitely we will we'll stay in touch and we'll be hearing from you again soon
1: Thank you so very much. You continue to be empowered. Once again, Keith L. Brown underscore on Instagram, Keith L. Brown underscore on Instagram, Keith L. Brown 1911 on Facebook and Twitter, Brown.com and to awesome, ambitious Adrena. Thank you for being a wonderful host today. Thank you for being so engaging. You definitely have a future in this, but you are mogul. So you're gonna have a future in many areas and in the entire team at Historically Black Sense. Y'all support this platform tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend, not impossible. I'm possible HBCU pride all day, every day. Shout out to the brothers of Omega Psi Phi fraternity incorporated. And to all of my followers out there, my I'm possible innovators, not impossible. I'm possible. You know what it is. Peace.